0: After splitting the series with Merrimack, UMass has another home-and-home against the Hockey East foe. This time it's Providence, we got everything for you guys to get ready for this series coming up. Let's go! Hello everybody and welcome to episode 44 of High Character. Hockey East play rolls on. We got another home-and-home series this time against Providence. Friday's game in Providence at Schneider Arena and Saturday's game at Mullen Center. My name is Cameron. I am joined by my good pal Evan. Evan, how you feeling? man?
1: Feeling good. I'm ready for a bounce back against Providence. We got a I, I'm, I'm not a fan of all these close games, all right? I don't like that. I want to put Merrimack behind us. I want blowout victories. I want just well-coached, disciplined hockey and just completely decimating our opponent. And I, th- I think we're going to get something relatively close to that this weekend, I feel like.
0: That could be considered a high take. Um, they're a pretty good team. They're coming in um, nationally ranked. I believe they are number 14 in the country right now. Um, UMass went up one spot to um number five two weeks ago. They stayed number five this week after the split with Merrimack, like you mentioned. Um, so a uh top 15 matchup on both sides. But I think the reason that you're getting the confidence that you are, um UMass has really dominated this matchup with Providence over the last four seasons. Um we tallied it up right before the show. UMass is nine, two and two in the last four seasons against Providence. And Providence has been ranked for pretty much the entirety of that as well. So that's uh, a really big discrepancy for a good team.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, we've played them super well. It seems like kind of in a similar case of Merrimack kind of having our number and playing us really well. I think we kind of share that similar sentiment when it comes to Providence. Um, just Providence, you know, to their own credit is a very well-coached team. You know, people have their opinions on Nate Lehman. I have my own, you know, people, you know, they say he's kind of a, uh, how do I put this delicately, a hole in, in the, uh, in the hockey's community, but regardless of that, his teams do tend to get results, but Car- Carvey just kind of gets the boys ready, especially against Providence. You know, we, it seems like in, you know, when we were talking about this before the show, um, before we started this um, tonight, Providence, we either get a one goal a game or we get an absolute blowout. It doesn't really seem like there's that much in between. Like you don't really get too many, like, you know, four to twos, four to ones. It's either, it's a three, two game or it's an eight, one game. And I'm really heavily leaning towards the eight one this time around. I think the boys are going to be super hungry. They want to get those, you know, we only scored one goal last game and we almost survived to the very end just by getting that one goal. I don't think the boys want to go around, you know, this game or these sets of games and thinking, you know, we're, we're going to survive off of one goal again. I think it's going to be get a couple, get some more insurance under your belt, you know, try and get as many as you possibly can. And then the defense will work itself afterwards. So I'm expecting a complete and utter bloodbath this weekend, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, my, my predictions are always a little bit iffy.
0: We would for sure love to see that before we jump into um, kind of breaking down and previewing this series, we just wanted to mention a couple housekeeping things. Um, Hockey East rolled out their monthly awards for the month of October and Kenny Connors has been an absolute tear lately. He won um, Rookie of the Month, so congratulations to Kenny. That's an, an awesome award in his first month of college hockey.
1: Yeah, he's been doing his thing. I mean, he's kind of, like, sneakily been, like, the best player on the team. You know what I mean? It seems like – I mean, I feel like I'm included in this. Like, you know, we kind of tend to give the praise to the guys that we've already have. you know, a full season of watching them kind of underneath our belt, so we're kind of thinking, you know, the Scott Moros of the team, you know. Even Taylor with his recent, you know, very solid performances, you know, we kind of think of, you know, those guys have been the guys who really step it up, but it's really been Kenny Connors doing most of it. And it's showing up on the score sheet and via the eye test. It just sometimes feels like we don't give him as much credit because this is our first season kind of looking at him and we don't really, we're just not really used to watching him play. But I think now that, you know, he gets the accolade for it for this month and I think we're just going to. Kind of expect that more from him going forward. You know, it's obviously a really big achievement, especially this early on in his collegiate career. It's his first opportunity to win the award, and he gets it. You know, that's absolutely unreal. So hopefully, it continues for much longer than just this month.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think we we both look forward to that throughout the rest of the year. Um, another thing we wanted to mention: Matt Murray, uh, all time goaltender for UMass. He uh, is finally getting his shot. He just signed an entry level deal with the Dallas Stars. I believe it was Ottinger. Got hurt um, for the Dallas Stars, so um, they need another goalie up. And Matt Murray, he's been proving himself in the AHL. is gets himself a chance, which is really good to see for him.
1: I think it's kind of funny how they both him and Ottinger were playing against each other in hockey East at one point, and now one's kind of taken over for the other one. You know, like I think the main reason why Murray might have got his chance is because of cap issues with uh with the Dallas Stars. I think they like can't bring up Anton Hudobin or something like that because of like cap stuff. Really weird situation, but obviously Murray's you know on the receiving end of that and it's kind of helping him out and hopefully it helps him farther his career even more in the pros so I think he's going to step up to the challenge I think he always you know it's just like what happened during the national championship you know like Lindbergh goes down with that close contact stuff and then Murray has to step up and be the guy and he did that perfectly so I'm expecting him to kind of continue that sort of you know clutch success going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. huge congrats to Matt Murray. And one uh final thing we wanted to mention before we jump in. Another congratulations is due. Former Minuteman Zach Jones, um, a national championship himself, scored his first NHL goal with the New York Rangers. So that's really nice to see another man score his first one in the in the NHL.
1: Yeah, super happy to hear about that. I mean, from all of that we've ever really heard, Zach Jones, elite, you know, guy just for the program as a whole, you know, on the ice and off the ice. Just total cool guy and really happy that he can kind of, you know, again, continue his success because he's been doing his thing down in Hartford with the Wolfpack. And now he's able to kind of build on that and starting to make moves in the majors like that. Like that's absolutely awesome to see. Um, I'm hoping that Bobby can kind of follow that similar trajectory. Maybe he can get his, uh, his first goal alongside Zach Jones. That'd be freaking awesome. You know, it'd be awesome to see them both playing together, but yeah, super happy for Zach Jones as well. You know, that was, it was a really nice goal, too. It was a nice little wrister, I think, from the top of the point like that. I think might have been on the power play, which is kind of where he excelled at UMass. So super cool to see.
0: Yeah. And Zach has been super nice and cool with us, too. So we're really happy for him in that sense as well. Just um, hope it's the start of a nice long career for him.
1: 100%.
0: All right. So let us jump into this series preview now. Um, a little bit about Providence. They are coming into this series four, two, and one. Like I mentioned before, they're number 14 in the country. Um, In their schedule so far, they played Sacred Heart, won six to two. They played Clarkson, they won five to two. Played Northeastern, who right now is ranked 16th, but is struggling um, to start the season. They beat them two to one. They also played Denver, and uh, that was in Denver. They lost four to one, and then they lost three to two, and that one was in overtime. And then against unh last weekend they won three to one and they tied which uh unh is not a great program this year um that's not a a tie that you want to have on your schedule but overall a pretty decent start from providence
1: yeah i mean they're okay yeah like i'm i mean you reading off that that schedule and their strength of schedule so far it doesn't completely convince me you know what i mean like are they deserving to be ranked 14th I suppose so, you know, like just taking into like, you know, what they've done over the off season and stuff like that. Fair enough. You know, they have some solid young pieces that they can build around, but losing to Quinnipiac and that granted that's an exhibition. So I'm not sure how that factors in their actual record, but still that's a pretty fair loss to take. Quinnipiac's pretty solid. Um, I mean, the Northeastern one, I mean, I'm pretty sure at the time that they played them, they were ranked either seventh or eighth at the time. And, you know, they beat a Northeastern team that's now ranked, worse than them you know what i mean like northeastern really hasn't been convincing me either it seems like as of recently they haven't been playing too hot and they lose both the games against denver which we ended up beating denver both times that we played them so that on on paper looks good you know what i mean i feel like umass has had the stronger strength of schedule for the most part you know with the the people that they face great you know obviously taking taking care of you know union you know we we try to not again roast union too much but that's a pretty clear detriment to our strength of schedule, but I feel like you can kind of offset that with, with Sacred Heart for, for Providence's schedule. I'd say that's kind of a wash there. So I don't know. I mean, Providence on paper has a decent record, but when you look at it, who have they really played, you know? So I don't know. I I think we're definitely still looking better in that department.
0: Yeah. And I know you have your doubts about Northeastern this year. Um, Still on paper. That's a pretty good win Um, in Denver. uh, They did take him to OT. So um although although our outcomes with denver were very fortunate this year they're still um the writers believe they're number two in the country so uh that's that is a big uh big outcome to take them to ot at least and on the on the umass end they come in five one and one very good start to the season they tied with aic uh like you mentioned they beat denver twice beat union twice and then last weekend had that uh overtime split with merrimack so umass uh, comes in pretty strong. One thing I noticed that's got me maybe a little bit worried, at least for the road game, um, the only games that weren't wins were on the road on that non-Olympic size ice. So I'm, I don't know if that'll factor into it, but it'll definitely be something to watch out for uh, on Friday night.
1: That's actually really interesting that you mentioned that because I was going to bring up a very similar point. We didn't even talk about it like before the episode or anything. When I was looking at UMass's schedule and who they've played so far, every single winner – has been the home team when it comes to any game that UMass has played so far. Like we beat Denver, both games at home. We beat union, both games at home. We ended up beating Merrimack at home in OT. And then we ended up losing against Merrimack away at Merrimack. And I think the same thing happened with AIC. Technically, if you want to count the shootout, we, we lost, you know, whatever point being basically the final goal was scored and ended the game. And every single time that happened, it was the home team doing it. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that we break that cycle, especially in that first game against, against Providence, you know, away because if we can get that early win in the, in the series, get that first win, I think when we come back to, when we come back to Mullins, we're just going to be completely buzzing and ready to just put the nail in the coffin against them.
0: Yeah. uh, I think Friday's game will be huge. Just like you said, if we can get that one, then um, things are looking really good. Uh, Speaking of looking really good, Uh, Both of these teams on their power play and their faceoff percentage are elite. Providence comes in with a 27% conversion rate on their power play. Really good. UMass comes in with an otherworldly 47%, which is completely unsustainable, but that is um, an awesome place to be. And then in terms of faceoffs, Providence has started the season at a 52% clip. And UMass has started at a 55.6% clip, which is another unworldly number for faceoff percentage. So um, pretty, pretty uh, good teams in terms of those two categories coming in.
1: Yeah. It's definitely reassuring that we're leading in both of those categories because both of those categories are what you need to, to have six sustained success as a hockey program, you know, winning faceoffs and having possession of the puck. I've talked about it numerous times on the pod, you know, that's, a huge hallmark of carvel run teams and it brings success, you know, with whatever happened, you know, you have the puck in your possession. You basically can't get scored on, you know, we we saw that a lot in the three on three overtimes, you know, you're basically just sitting there praying that you have possession of the puck and the other team doesn't, because if if they have it, it's not looking good for you. You know, like it sounds pretty stupid when you say it out loud, but it's something that you really can't reiterate enough. And it becomes even more important when you think about the power play, you know, like, in a lot of cases at least for UMass this year a power play for us is almost you know half the time essentially it's a free goal you know like that's unbelievable to think about if you can you know average getting 3 or 4 power plays a game that's essentially one or two goals in your favor automatically you know assuming we can keep up that sort of you know that sort of success which again as you stated extremely unsustainable and we can't expect that going forward but even as we kind of start to regress towards the mean a little bit you know, maybe we hover around 25, 30%. That's still an elite power play. If we can even get that, we're setting ourselves up for so much success and the ability to not get shut out going forward. Because if you get just one power play goal, you're you're destined to at least have a shot at winning any game that you play.
0: Yeah, and uh, to keep you from getting shut out, uh, UMass is one of the better guys in the country at the moment. Kenny Connors, he's the leading scorer for UMass. Um, Three goals, six assists. For nine points we mentioned him earlier after uh, he won the rookie of the month but um, really impressive start to his season and he's not alone at the top of that uh, Minutemen roster in terms of points a lot of guys are uh, racking up the points it's a pretty even spread throughout the whole roster which you really love to see early
1: yeah I mean again it's just answering all the questions that we kind of had during the offseason and especially during last season like it was that first line you know Bobby Lupina and wait, just kind of all doing their thing on the first line. And I'm not going to say that everybody else is just kind of a bystander because that wasn't the case at all. You know, we still had somewhat of okay secondary scoring, but it wasn't to the level that we have right now. You know, we, we have amazing scoring up and down the whole board. Like, you know, I'm not going to completely spoil, you know, what, what Providence is like scoring right now, but our second and third line guys are basically equaling Providence's top guys. You know what I mean? Like, that's amazing. So if we can, you know, if we can be dangerous at all levels and just, you know, know that we can have basically just any, you throw any line out there and there's going to be a threat to score. There's nothing that any team can do to try and stop us. Cause usually you're going to have one line. That's going to be like your shutdown defensive line. But if we can just roll all four lines and be dangerous, you're going to set yourself up for success easily.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, you mentioned on the Providence end of the, of the scoring, uh, a guy that we did hear a lot about last year, uh, pretty um, well-regarded player on the Providence side, Riley Duran. He leads the team in points with seven. That's four goals and three assists. So I would definitely look for him to uh, try to make his mark on this series for sure.
1: Yeah, he's kind of been their guy, you know, for the for the most part. I mean, I think he was a freshman last year. He had like 19 points. That's a very very solid start off to a freshman you know season. That's a really really good good way to be scoring or good rate to be scoring at. And the rest of their team, it's basically just a worse version of us. You know, like they still have a decent amount of secondary scoring. They got some guys with, you know, four or five, three points or whatever, kind of spread up and down the lineup. But our secondary scores, you know, are having six and seven points. You know, you know, like we're, we're just a little bit of a step ahead in almost every category. And I'm hoping that that's going to be the major difference because just being a holistically better hockey program and we can just edge them out in every area of the ice is just going to lead to a, to a victory in my mind.
0: Yeah, and uh, UMass being a little ahead um, also reigns true for the goalie situation. On the Providence end, we have Philip Um, He's the only guy who's on the on the sheet to start the year. Seven games played, he started all of them, he's finished all of them. He has a 1.97 goals per game average and a 9.15 save percentage, which is really good to start his year.
1: Yeah, I mean those are decent numbers, but I got to, just to completely lead you into what we're talking about for for UMass. You were extremely modest in saying that we had a slight advantage in that category. Like all three of our goalies completely blows Fedback out of the water in basically every category. Like I'm going to let you discuss and you know you can you can be the stats guy and say all the numbers and everything, be the nerd that you are, but yeah, we are just completely blowing them out of the water in every major goalie statistical category. So well, take it away, Cameron, and show us our our beautiful glory that we have in the in the the back of our net.
0: Yeah, and this is nothing against him, but if you go on the UMass stat sheet and you see that Henry Graham is leading the team in save percentage, you might be a little bit nervous. Ah, uh, but in this case, it's it's incredible. He's ah uh, he got into some action and he has a um obviously a um perfect save percentage. Ah, uh, pa- Luke Pavlicich, his numbers are. Five games started, 1.41 goals per game, and a 9.56 save percentage, which is sparkling. And Cole Brady's and his small sample size are even better. Two games played, a 0. 0.97 goals per game average. That leads to a 9.70 save percentage. So um, absolutely dominant start for all the goalies for UMass this year. Um, and we mentioned the the power play being kind of unsustainable. This kind of seems like it's unsustainable, but I really hope it's not at the same time. This is incredible. What I mean, just seeing. read,
1: just listening to those numbers. Did it makes me wonder, like, can we play like four skaters and just slap two goalies in net, And we could just <laughs> basically have a combined shutout every single game. Like that would be unbelievable. Like the guys that it, it, I feel bad at this point that, we have to have two two goalies, you know, sitting on the bench. You know, like that's really unfortunate because I think they're all deserving of you know game time. They're all three of them, I think, have played well in the time that they've been given. Um, especially considering all of the question marks that we kind of had going into this. Like we had no idea what the hell we were getting ourselves into as a team. You know, the coaches probably had a decent idea. They saw Pavisic at all practices last year. You know, they had an idea of what they were getting themselves into, but Us as fans, we don't sit there and see the practices all the damn time. So we have no freaking clue. But, you know, looking again, like when we mentioned Cole Brady's stats before he came to UMass, like he had a very solid save percentage, but he was just getting shelled every night because he was on a pretty mediocre Arizona State team. You know, now apparently that team's doing a lot better. I think they ended up beating North Dakota last week. Like that's pretty nuts. But, you know one man's quote and i don't even want to say trash because he probably left because he knew that he could get a a better you know job elsewhere which is probably why cole brady's here now like i have no idea what the circumstances were you know relating to his transfer but couldn't be happier the three guys that we have in our in our goaltending kind of three-headed monster if you will you know they're just absolutely doing their thing very very proud of all three of them
0: yeah absolutely couldn't agree more and uh so everything we've mentioned—the the schedule, and the results so far, um, the the leading scores, the goalie situation, the national ranking—all kind of trends in UMass's favor for this weekend. Um, also, the the all-time record, which we mentioned before, nine-two and two in the last four seasons. Um, things are looking up for UMass for sure. But what do you think are some some keys to this series for UMass to get the job done? I mean, it's going to sound cliche,
1: but you got to get goals. You got to just blow the doors off this team. You know, like it, in Merrimack's case last, last week when we were talking about them, we knew exactly what we were getting ourselves into. It was going to be one goal of games, grind it out, and pray that you, you know, skate out of there with a W. This time, you we control our own destiny. You know, we can't blame Baller. We can't blame Merrimack's coaching scheme. Like, we have Providence's number we've had for a while, and we've proven to ourselves before that we can just – Completely decimate them with an 8 1 win. I want that to happen on Friday night where we just completely blow the doors off of them and just demoralize them as a team. And then they come into Mullins completely and utterly rattled. You know, we just need to outskate them. We have to outskill them. I'd say take a couple of chances. You know, I think this is a team that we can, we can punish them. They have a freshman goalie who's, you know, frankly, fairly well regarded. You know, like he was drafted by the Bruins. You know, I hope this guy, you know, we, we know how much we love Bruins drafted goalies when, you know, for any old heads watching this, you know, from a couple of years ago in the student section, I shouldn't even say old head. You're probably like 24 now. Like I'm totally dating myself here. You get the idea. We love Jeremy Swayman on main. You know what I mean? Like we, the moment that somebody leaves, you know, having to play us, we absolutely want them to succeed at any given moment. I want this fed back guy to completely blow this weekend. You know what I mean? And then he can bounce back and, have shutouts the rest of the year as long as he doesn't play us. That is perfectly fine. But we need to completely destroy this guy's confidence. And, you know, if, if we end up completely destroying him in the first game, they don't even know what other goalie to turn to. Turn to. They've only played Svedback the entire season so far. They, they could have two walk-ons for goalies. Like, who knows? We have absolutely no idea what their goaltending situation is like right now. So if we just, compl- we need to put all of our energy in, into, the, into the, the away game, in my opinion. I think the win will come at Mullins. You know, we have the fans, you know, supporting us, which I think they kind of have to step it up a little bit in their attendance, but that's just me. But we know how the boys come, you know, in Mullins. We have the bigger ice. We have everything rocking in our favor. We got to put 110% of our energy into winning at Schneider, in my opinion. And once that comes, everything else is going to fall into place.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, if they can get things done at Schneider, I think they're in really good shape, like you said. Uh, for my key to the series, I have a little bit of a different take on things. Uh, from what I've noticed the last few years watching UMass and Providence games, it seemed like UMass really easily gets under the skin of Providence and things start getting chippy. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned Lehman, their coach, um, and being a little iffy on him. Uh, that that might lead into the blend into the culture a little bit there to... To make those things happen. We saw it especially last year. Um, Bobby Trevino really uh, being <laughs> a pest, really getting under their skin uh, in the Hockey East uh, quarterfinal game. Uh, the final buzzer went. Bobby gave a little wave to them uh, as they were <sighs> skating favorite. out the ice, which was great. Um, I think. I think this series is where we're going to really see that part of UMass's identity come to fruition. We're going to figure out who the the pest is going to be this year on the team who can really get under some guys' skin. Uh, I have a little inkling. It might be Jerry Harding with all the the hitting and laying the body that he does, but uh, who really knows? I think, I think one of the keys to the, at least this first game is going to be UMass getting under uh, Providence's skin while staying out of the penalty box, hopefully. But I think that's what we're going to see for sure.
1: I have two things to add onto that. And th- you, what you said was perfect segues into both of these things. So one, my vote for the Pest of the Week, you know, if we, if we could make that a, a, a section of the show, we'll have a dedicated section for Pest of the Week. We want to piss off the opponent the most. I'm going for Lautenbach. I think he's, you know, and again, this is not trying to, you know, he's under six foot. So that right there makes you a perfect pest. That's just the way that it goes. All right. I don't make the rules. I just say them. He loves to throw the body. He loves to be a big energy dude, just like Harding. But I think, I think you get under the skin of the opponent so much better when you're smaller than them. Like, I, there's just something about it, you know, like just having a little chihuahua, like nipping at your heels. Like, I don't know. There's just something you just want to punt it, you know, like it just <laughs> makes you so angry. And I think Lautenbach plays that perfectly. Like, if you have Jerry Hardy lining you up from the other side of the ice and he just completely decimates you, you kind of have to give him a clap and say, you know, what, fair enough. You're a big dude. You know, that's just the way things are going to go. But if Lautenbach does it, you're like, damn, where have I failed as a human? You know, <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it feels different when, it, when the guy's smaller than you. But, but again, no, no disrespect, no. Nothing to to loud and love his game, love the way that he plays. There was no ill intent in that whatsoever. Um, the other thing, though, when you mentioned being a pest and you were giving off some examples of people getting you know upset, this is a good one for Providence. I don't know if the listeners will remember, but I want to say this was maybe three or four years ago at this point. I don't remember if it was a playoff game or not, but if you remember the name Jack Dugan, he was – one of the the better players on on providence i think he was their leading point scorer this was a couple years ago i remember there was one time where he got sent to the penalty box for like a hooking call or something like that and he was just completely excuse my language rip shit he was just so upset he was punching things in the penalty box i think he gave a fan the finger that was sitting next to the Mm -hmm. box and everybody was screaming asshole like that's that's what we need we got to bring that back a little bit I know this is new mass I know we're trying to clean up our act a little bit and get away from the zoo mentality but sometimes you got to bring it back for some certain opponents and really show them who's boss and I think I think Providence is is deserving of that treatment and I think I think if we do that it's they're just going to be rattled just a little bit more and I think the the whole well-coached air of their team will kind of start to crumble a little bit
0: yeah I think it I think it's just something in the culture with that team that's just uh just a tick different than what we're used to uh, with Coach Carval and his staff that he puts together um seems a a little bit more off the rails. obviously uh, they're able to produce solid team year after year, but uh they do seem a bit shippier than other teams that we see come to play us. So definitely something I think we both can agree something to watch for this weekend. certainly. certainly. All right. I think that was everything that we wanted to say. Um, Evan and I will be in attendance again for both games in Providence on Friday night and then at Mullins on Saturday. So if you run into us, definitely say hi. We'd love to talk to you guys, uh, section T in Mullins. um, And just obviously look for the UMass gear at Providence. Uh, But other than that, um, really appreciate, appreciate you guys for listening and go UMass, take care of business this weekend.
1: Go UMass. Take care, everybody. Can't wait to see you all if you end up saying hi to us at Mullins.